Yeah, we'd want to give you like you don't we want to give you a lot more content than you need so that it's sure, only the good shit so you're not getting us scratching our arses. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, so basically we have like the, the drums, guitars, and bass. We have the piano. We can discuss the piano, which to be fair, if there's one thing that we could add, it's discussing the piano track. Why's that? It's just like we just needed something nice and dainty, and that's what the piano was. That's Paddy Hanna, and the sound of the dainty piano from his song, Bad Boys. You are listening to the Thin Air Podcast. My name is Danny Carroll, and many moons ago, Paddy and his producer Daniel Fox were nice enough to sit down with little old me to discuss the writing and recording of that song. We went over the influences that informed it, the instrumentation used to arrange it, and the production techniques they utilised to make it sound like this. So, over the course of this interview, you're going to hear the original demo for the song, you'll hear individual parts of the finished track in isolation, and of course you'll hear the odd asinine inquiry from myself, that's just part of the deal. It's Paddy Hanna on the Thin Air Podcast, enjoy. Okay, so, what made you choose to go on to the second fret capo for this song, Paddy? I'm instinctively a capo user. Every song will have a capo with maybe one or two exceptions. And I'm usually drawn to the second fret. I don't know why, I guess it's poppy sounding, it's very bright sounding. So what I'll do then is I'll usually play a note that's like that. Um, I don't really know the names of notes. So if you listen to most of my tracks, something like that that progression will always come up. So I'll start, that's what I'll do, I'll just be playing. And I'll just dance about like that. Then I might dance up there like that. And then eventually, you're suddenly going up here, and you're dancing up to this note, and then you decide to be a little bit saucy. Yeah, this little fun little jazz note. And you add like that little A minor seventh note. And then suddenly... As it happens, I've been listening to this particularly jaunty French composer called Boris Vian, I believe he's called. He has a song called Cinematograph. And um, his delivery in that... It was, on, it was in my head at the time. And so, I decided to combine that particular progression with the jaunty vocal and what you get is the song we're going to be discussing today talking about the bad 
boys. Up the Mississippi with the real, real toy. Up the Mississippi cause of all their time. Yeah, all their crime. That you could only fathom with a terror, but ah, cause he's alive. Why bad boys? How did that come out of your mouth? Normally it's the melody. And then you write the vocals around the melody. This one was very much an exercise in vocal melody, you know? I mean, I, I try to be as descriptive as I can when it comes to writing songs, but then, you know, I like to be a bit abstract too. And this is definitely one of those tracks. It's whatever you think it is? It's whatever you think it is, it's whatever my mother thinks it is, it's whatever the goddamn president thinks it is. So, when did the song feel complete, at least in a demo form? It, it took about two hours to do the whole track. That's including the kind of trumpet solos, the string, not the arrangements for the strings. Um, Aina Brennan would sort that out later on, but the rudiments of it and the guitar and the vocals were all hashed out in a roughly two hour period, as, as the catchiest songs usually are. So you were doing like mouth trumpet? picking out the melodies you wanted you could imagine a lush brass section would you like to hear it Do like a home demo that you sent to Daniel. Can you recall for us, Daniel? You can wheel in at this point. Wheel in. Um, well, we'd done with demos, sitting and kind of hashing out a bunch of tunes. Like it was basically just like you, you being Paddy, guitar and vocals in the room, and then I was playing the drums just to kind of just work out how it would all kind of work. And then we'd like overdub bass, and I think we'd done some like we like little keyboards. Like we didn't have the strings or anything on the demos then, but it was kind of like oh, you could apply this to it based on, you know, melodies originally hummed by Paddy Hanna. That's right. Tell me about the orchestration process. Uh, Aina Brennan, you mentioned, that was the person who arranged the strings and such. The strings, because... This was the first time I personally had ever used a string arrangement. We wanted to be extra keen on how we went about doing it. So first things first, the sound of the strings. There's an Italian composer called Riz Ortolani. One of his most famous compositions is the theme song from the movie Cannibal Holocaust. It's kind of a mixture of strings and synths, you know, they kind of blend into one another. But he's also done a lot of stuff in what films are, you know, those Mondo movies, those kind of travelogue films where they show footage of sort of um, tribal goings-on in Papua New Guinea or something like that with this sort of oddly chirpy string arrangement. And um, that's the sound I wanted, the travelogue strings, essentially.
So, I'm talking to Daniel. I'm, uh, we're hashing this one out, and I, I mean, the, the the challenge then was how does one emulate this sound, and that's where Captain Technical here is going to explain. I'm Daniel Fox. I produced with Paddy this song called Bad Boys. Well, we do like the top lines were kind of like based on like Paddy already had the idea for the top lines and then ended like uh, fleshed it out with like the violas and cellos. So we'd herself, Aina doing the violins and then Alva Nicaroctic doing viola and then a guy called Roy White doing cellos. So you kind of like you kind of want like with the travelogue kind of thing, a lot of that kind of stuff is kind of like 60s supermarket music in a way like it's quite a, on that track in particular it's pretty stylized sounding it isn't like a, a close kind of string sound so we as with a lot of the kind of recording a lot of stuff on the song is quite roomy the like the studio that we did it in which is now hole in the ground unfortunately like it's quite a big room so we'd like use really kind of like trying to use like old ribbon microphones and stuff and to just kind of get a good sense of space and air in it and then we've done some like funny stuff to try and give it that kind of slightly like the darker kind of sheen of of the kind of travelogue stuff so i'd kind of like i'd reamped it through this old pa that we had so it's kind of like slightly distorted then we put some reverb on it thing about that sound for me is that it, it underpins menace I, I like the creeping menace of the overtly chirpy strings recorded in that sort of otherworldly almost floaty kind of fashion you know you can take it in one of two ways you know either it's very very lovely or there's something there's amiss here you know what's behind that curtain over there The recording of the cello viola strings was that just three players that you layered or yeah we basically just layered them up because like we can't afford to it's not course, an yeah. orchestra so we can't like to kind of give it the sense of space we were trying to basically like fake a string section um so we had like we had it set up in the room like two microphones and then like one close one for each person but we'd stand them you know each place in the room so like each take that they did it's like move them slightly so it's the same sense of space but everyone's kind of moving mm. from left to right to kind of simulate so I think we did like kind of like three or four layers of like the, the violin and the viola and then slightly less at the cello to kind of try and emulate um, which just <laughs> unfortunately for them just kind of like resulted in them having to do like a million takes and, and put it together that way It's like a very close vocal. There's never a point where, you, like, to my mind, in hearing it, it doesn't sound like, uh, you know, there's a lot of force. It sounds quite close mic'd, and you know, you're able to play with then whispers and play with like going quite low in your range as a result. I'm the kind of person who is like a cornered animal when he is right, but if you wanna tell me what is true. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm often a, a bit reluctant to close mic a vocal because oftentimes you can hear, like, it sounds like you're eating a meal while you're singing, do you know what I mean? It, it can be a bit that way, the sort of sound of spittle rolling around the mouth. 
but this one needed to be close mic'd and I wanted that kind of backroom kind of sleaze bar kind of 50s vocal take so best way to do that is record them at sometime between 3 and 4 a.m. after a few drinks and um, yeah I mean it wasn't a challenging vocal in the sense of it wasn't as much about portraying feeling as it was portraying rhythm I don't think it's right to call a song after everything that you have done it was it was more like playing a character I don't know what character I didn't think about that. I didn't think so. I didn't think about who it's some gobshite but if you want to leave me when it's right I'll try to be the one who stays bright so that that's it you know I got wasted and I just hashed it out in about four takes it sounds like a very relaxed vocal. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that it was necessarily fun to do because if I recall, we were very tired at the time because we were doing 20-hour days. Yeah, we were working really long hours because we were working on a whole bunch of material. A lot of the tracks that we were working on at the time, lots of them have a kind of good like late-night kind of feel to them anyway. So, yeah, and it gave them time to get pissed. <laughs> you have to bear in mind that I'm not the one twiddling the knobs and doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I've d I did all the work in advance, so when, when it gets a bit later, yes, I can have a beer or two. That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I can lighten the mood with my tripping over things and stuff like that, you know? Talking about the bad boys up the Mississippi with the real, real toy. Like, of all the tracks we recorded for this LP session or whatever... This is one of the least hassle -y ones. The only main hassle that came from doing Bad Boys was the, the gentleman who recorded the trumpet charged by the hour. So, we, <laughs> so like, he was he was in for about 25 minutes and then he was gone. Then we were like, yeah. okay, thank you, bye-bye. You did, you did good. He, did like three, he, was, he was a very good player. <laughs> like, it was like, there's the music. Like, three takes, please. Like, can we get one more? All right, God, yeah, nice. All right. He was, he was very professional. So that was the only track on the on the record that has any trumpet on it oh, anyway okay. so like it's just like one solo it's like yeah. literally in the door that's the most 20 minutes that it's most. the most expensive piece of music on the whole album is that <laughs> yeah. solo you know oh because you uh you sang it on your demo i suppose yeah and i i, I yeah I, you knew that was what you wanted patty ormond who played guitar and piano on the record was really annoyed that i didn't just do the vocal line he thought the vocal was um, much more interesting than the trumpet and um, it would have been much more cheaper than the trumpet as well so perhaps I should have listened to him but I didn't you know because he goes around with that fancy haircut thinking he owns the place <laughs> <laughs> I think I want that in the podcast oh that's in there okay don't worry that's in there <laughs> You know, to any composers out there, you don't need fancy papers or quills or whatever. You can just hum everything, you know? And that's what we did on this one. It was... It, <laughs> the hums were transcribed like, like some sort of... Like, the, like recording some indigenous tribe uh, mating call or what have you, you know? It's my second reference to indigenous tribes, by the way. <laughs> me from a songwriting point of view uh, yeah, you know there is no sense of completion with the song you know what I mean there's no real sense of like well that's well, let's close the book on this one Sal you know it's for me it's 
there's always an alternative. There's always a different way it could have been. But that's that's the creative process, you know. The track that we have completed is that version of the track. Perhaps there is another realm where it is slower and what have you. But um, sadly, we live in this realm, so we, we got the fast one. Who are you? My name. Wait, wait. Do you want my name? Was was just the name? Uh, sh- well, sure. I I don't know. Whatever, whatever you feel comfortable with. You can describe yourself, and I can always not use that. Who are you? Paddy Hanna. My name is Paddy Hanna. <laughs> uh, how about this one? My name is Paddy Hanna, and I'd like to talk to you about a song called Bad Boys. <laughs> you, you put that in at That's the beginning. A, I like the uh, yeah. I like the the quiver of, on the title. You know, <laughs> it kind of gave it a little bit of a emotional pull. Yeah.